There's modeling and then there's like Irish modeling. I, I wouldn't really. <laughs> when people say model Vogue Williams, I'm like, please take that out. Like, please take it out. <laughs> no. This week on Walking the Dog, Raymond and I headed to London's Battersea Park to meet podcaster and TV presenter Vogue Williams and her two dogs, Winston, a Beagle Cavalier Cross, and Bertie, a rescue French bulldog, both, by the way, officially adorable. Vogue, as you may know, is married to former Made in Chelsea star and now well-known TV face Spencer Matthews, who she co-hosts a hugely successful podcast with, Spencer and Vogue. And that's when she's not co-hosting a hugely successful podcast, My Therapist Ghosted Me, with comedian Joanne McNally. Oh, and she's also got three small children to raise. Quite how this woman found the time to take a walk with Ray and me, I'll never know. But I'm very grateful she did, because we had the nicest chat. Vogue's one of those people who kind of brightens your day. She's just bursting with warmth and positivity, and she totally adored Ray, so clearly has immaculate taste in dogs too. I really hope you enjoy our walk. Do check out Vogue's brilliant podcasts, My Therapist Ghosted Me and Spencer and Vogue. And by the way, if you want to go and see Spencer and Vogue live, they're doing shows in Belfast, Cork and Dublin in March, so you can book seats via ticketmaster.co.uk. I'll stop talking now and hand over to the woman herself. Here's Vogue and Winston and Bertie and Ray. Come on, Ray Ray. Winston. Winnie, like, never goes in the lead. He's dream dog. Come on, Ray. But what? he is not road smart. So, like, if a car does come, he'll literally walk into the wheel. <laughs> come on, Ray. Your dog is so funny. Is it a Maltese? No, he is an Imperial Shih Tzu. He's Gorgeous. But oh, yes, Shih Tzu. My aunt used to have a Shih Tzu called Malachi. Oh, really? Malachi and Peanuts, yeah. She used to have the coolest pets, like really amazing cats. And which way do you want to go? We go this way. Which way, Vogue? Any, this way. Should we go this way? Let's not go the way I go n- nine times a week with the kids. Why? Because you're bored of that. Just route. because I just do it repetitively. I live in there a lot in the playground. <laughs> is he doing a weir poo? Come on. Oh, I just got a bit knocked back by Winnie. I'd say your dog is, like, tiny when you wash him. When I wash Ray, though... He must... He looks like a tiny little rat. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> First, he's thrilled he's got a new little friend <laughs> to harass. I'm so thrilled that you're on this podcast, Vogue Williams, because I'm such a huge fan of yours. Thank and you. And <laughs> we're in Battersea Park. Yeah. And we're with... Winston and Bertie. Your two dogs, <laughs> and I'm really relieved to see Winston because <laughs> when we turned up, we met about t- ten minutes ago, and what was the first thing I said, Vogue? You're like, oh, Winston, is he, is he still with us? <laughs> it's so funny though because if I post a picture on Instagram, people are like, they mail me, and they're like, oh, thank God, I thought you were saying he died. I'm like, Winston is in great form. I couldn't um, see Winston, and so I said, is Winston still with us? And you went, yeah, he's over there. <laughs> he's over there chilling. Winnie, uh, he turned 12 there last week, um, and he's on heart tablets, and I feel like Bertie's given him a new lease of life. I mean, he drives them mad, but he loves them as well at the same time. Do you know, Winnie's still got it, Vogue. He looks great. If you trim his ears, he looks like he's had Botox, doggy Botox. <laughs> Looks fantastic for his age. Everyone's always like, why does Winnie look so miserable? I'm like, that's just his face. He's very well looked after. Talk me through the dog. So we've got... Winston, I've had Winston since I was 12. Uh, for, not since I was 12. 
He's 12 years old. I got him when I was living in Australia um, and brought him back here. Oh, did you? Was that quite complicated? No, it was very expensive. You didn't do a, a Johnny Depp. No, I did not do a Johnny Depp. <laughs> but it was very expensive and it was at a time when I actually didn't have much money at all. Winnie. Yeah, it was very expensive, but it was at a time when I hadn't really got much money. So it was a lot of saving and wanting to bring him back. Um, and I mean, it was so funny because he's such an amazing dog. Like he's so easy going. I had loads of people that I knew in Australia being like, we'll keep him. You don't need to bring him back. But I was like, no, I have to. I have to bring Winnie back. He's like my baby now. I can't just leave him. So, so is Winnie uh, an Antipodean then? Is Winnie an Australian dog? Winnie is an Australian dog, and when he barks for you, he sounds Australian. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Winnie barking. <laughs> He's a gorgeous dog. They only do them over there. He's a Beagle Cavalier. Uh, they call him a Beagle Ear, and he's really chill. He's a great dog. I think you'll find they call him a Beagle Ear. A Beagle Ear? He's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, he's And then lovely. Bertie is a new addition. Relatively new addition. Yeah, Bertie's not even one yet. Um, Bertie's a rescue dog. We got extremely lucky because he's a French bulldog and we got him as a pup. So basically I was trying to get, it's very hard to get a rescue dog because so many, and, and which is great, but like they seem to keep, I, I lost grasp of them. So I, w I was going through many tears rescues and there were so many gorgeous dogs that popped up and I was like, oh, I'd love him. He'd be perfect. Oh, I'd love him. And some aren't suitable for children. Uh, some aren't suitable for households with other dogs and all those things and for different reasons we kept losing them and then I had a friend who was gonna give me a Frenchie he was nearly a year old I think he was a Christmas dog that someone didn't want and so I was like I'd love to take him but then I lost out on him and so when I told the rescue they were like we didn't know you'd be interested in a Frenchie and I said yeah and they said well we've got this litter coming in and we can put your name down for one and that's how we got Bertie who was previously called Gollum which he did look golem. like. He looks like a golem. Yeah. Well, I wanted to keep the name Spenny, not so much. <laughs> but this is Spencer Matthews, of course, your husband. Yeah. So tell me, Vogue, you've got two dogs now, so you're very much a dog family, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you grow up with dogs then? This was in Ireland. In Ireland. So first of all, we had cats. Um, so we had a couple of cats when we were younger and then it wasn't until I was like, I was obsessed with getting a dog and I really wanted to get a dog. And eventually when I was about 12, we were allowed to get a dog and we got um, two Dobermen, Chloe and Zach. And then, uh, and then when they died, I'd moved out. And then me and one of my exes got another Doberman called Rocco, who is still alive to this day. But he's with, uh, with my ex. Uh, I think he's actually with my ex's mum now. So he's living his best life. And this was in, just outside Dublin, is that right? That you yeah, 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 I live in like, it's kind of like a seaside village called Hoth, it's gorgeous. I love it. Well, I, I think it looks beautiful. It's amazing. Because, but when I saw you and your husband Spencer on one of your shows, I think it was the one, <laughs> it was a Channel 4 show. Yeah. And you did, um, sort of documenting the countdown to the birth of your first son, and then yeah, it was yeah. a, a wedding celebration that you had, and they were absolutely brilliant, these shows. Yeah, it was fun. And in one of the shows, you took Spencer back to your hometown, and I just remember him saying, oh, lovely weather as usual here. Always lovely, isn't it, here? Never rains. But it looks absolutely beautiful there. 
Oh, it's amazing. Now, Spenny does love it. I, I mean, I'd love to move home there one day because it is such an amazing place to bring up kids, I think. Um, but with work and stuff, just the way our jobs are, it will never be possible for us to uh, for us to move back there. But like, he, lo he loves it now because it's so relaxing. There's not a whole lot to do, but we don't want to do a whole lot. We want to train, we want to go for nice walks, we want to go to the playground with the kids and have the odd nice meal, but mainly just relax when we get back there and just see family and friends. It was you and your dad, Freddie, yeah. and your mum. Is it Sandra, your mum? Sandra, yeah. yeah. Oh God, that was, yeah. But they broke up when I was seven. You were seven? Yeah, and then, uh, so my mum has been with my stepdad ever since. So he's kind of like, uh, he'd be as close to a dad as you could get, I suppose. And he's you've got two siblings and Two half siblings as well, haven't you? Oh, look at that one, though. That's a pretty dog. What are they? What are, what are those dogs called again? That looks. They need a lot of walks now, though. I think you have what to be quite careful in the type of dog you get. That would be too much for me. Really? A cocker spaniel, is it? Yeah, cocker spaniel. Yeah. They need a lot of walks. I think if people are going to get a dog, you really need to think ah. about the kind of dog you want. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Just as you were saying, I think if you're going to get a dog, you really need to think about the kind of dog you want. I feel like your dog, dog is probably more high maintenance. Well, just as you said that, he ran into a child's <laughs> pram. With Raymond, it's more like living with... It's like living with a quite a difficult celebrity. <laughs> I love that. I feel like I'm the PR. Raymond sees you as the help for sure. <laughs> I kind of love his vibe, though. I love it. He's very entitled, isn't he? You are, Raymond, but you're very cute. He's so funny looking. So growing up, Vogue, your dad, Freddie, was he, was he a car salesman? Yeah, he was, yeah. And what was your childhood sort of experience like? What was your home life like? People have a lot of sort of cliched ideas about, you know, big, warm Irish families, constantly noisy, but was it like that? Was it a noisy, fun family? Um, our family was definitely noisy. We had a lot of fun. We were like, my sister and I were very much tomboys and we, 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 we were and still are the best of friends. Um, but we'd always be out like swimming in swamps and just doing fun things and going like, it was kind of like in Ireland back in the day, you'd leave your house in the morning on summer holidays. You might go back for lunch and then you'd be out again and you'd go back in when you'd have to have dinner. And you were kind of gone for the day. It's not like, like with my kids now, I, like they have such, a big social life. I mean, <laughs> my my Saturday consists of ballet, football, then we have swimming, then we might have a kid's party to go to. And it's like, there's, there's not really, if I don't take a day off during the week, I don't really get to do much myself. But when we were younger, you were just kind of let loose, but it's not the way anymore. I think it's probably more chilled in Ireland. I don't think kids do as many activities, but saying that my brother's kids do a lot. They're at tennis, they're at gymnastics. Um, so I don't know what it is. I think that it's less safe. Yeah, you can't yeah, yeah, just yeah. let your child go out in London. Like I wouldn't even let T go around the block. Um, it's definitely not as safe. And that's what I would miss about Ireland because there are some estates where you could just let your kids play out in the road with each other, but it's, it's kind of not the way over here for sure. Were you close to both your parents? Yeah, yeah. So that must have been, was that quite tough when they split up? Was it a bit of a shock or did you see it coming? Not really. I mean, I was so young. Um, I know a lot of people, wait, there's Winnie there. Winnie always comes back. Winnie! <laughs> He's Yay! so good. Come here. Winnie's got an amazing gait. It's a bit, 
When is a bit Liam Gallagher, the way <laughs> when he walks? When you go there and then sit. Yeah, so go on. You were saying about... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You were um, saying about your parents. It wasn't very complicated for us. I mean, it was, if I, if I was to tell you the ins and outs of it, you'd probably wow. yourself think it was quite complicated because I know Spencer certainly thinks um, <laughs> <laughs> that I probably had a tough time growing up, but I didn't. It's like I, Bertie, oh, that's not our dogs. No, it's not. Um, uh, Thank you. See, I just, I took the credit for that, but those people pointed in our direction and said, how beautiful. And I said, thank you. But I think they might have been saying that about Vogue. And I just basically I, took her compliment. I think they were saying it about Bertie, to be honest with you. <laughs> it was neither of us. It was actually Bertie. I thought it was Ray. Bertie the snorter. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I had, a, I, like, as far as I remember, I had a lovely childhood. I mean, it doesn't come without its difficulties, but so does everyone. And if you... I know. Winston, excuse me. Stop making a show of me. Come on. He's barking at the ducks. I think it's the beagle in him, and he, he thinks that he's going to go near them, but he never does. And he used to chase squirrels in his younger years, and he would like be so he would easily be able to catch one and just never would, because I don't think when it comes to it. Winnie, come here. That's interesting what you were saying about your childhood. Yeah, so you, your memory of it was that it was actually very happy and... For the most part, yeah, obviously when your parents break up, you've got the, it was, again, back in the day, it was like you spend three weeks at your mom, you spend three weeks at your dad, and then you decide who you're going to live with. I remember that happening, mm. um, which is a bit strange to think of now. But, like, my dad was actually, um, he was very good. Like, he'd come, uh, it was uh, every Wednesday and every second weekend, and then he'd come to our school in between, and he'd, like, bring ice creams and give them to us over the wall. Um, so we were spoiled and my mum was amazing. She, my mum had three jobs at one stage. She worked very hard. She, um, she was a, essentially a single mom. Winston, come here. She was uh, essentially a single mom, which I think was amazing what she was able to do. I don't know how she wasn't absolutely exhausted, but she did it. And I think that we had a great childhood. Do you think that's where you get your work ethic from? Because it's partly, your mum also remarried, didn't she? And that's your yeah. stepdad. And he was sort of super successful. So yeah. he kind of like a business person or Well, he was, uh, or... Neil was very much self-made. He came from um, a very poor background. Um, he, he, he grew up in tenements in Dundee. His parents were, were not in any way wealthy. He was very intelligent. Um, and he kind of built from... He became a teacher, then he became a professor, then he, would, then he started his own business, then he sold that, then he got into property. And he was very successful, but he's very, very intelligent. Um, and, uh, and I remember I once, like, he turned around to me, we were on holidays, and he was like, if you want to do things like this, you need to, you need to make it happen for yourself, and it's not just going to happen. Like, <laughs> he wasn't one to just be handing me over money and stuff like that. We just, I've worked since I was 16, and... He has an amazing work ethic, and, and I think I kind of probably got that from him. Did, he, did your lifestyle change quite dramatically then, Vogue, when your, you know, is his, he, he, things took off for him and your mum married him, was that? Uh, no, not at the beginning. Uh, he made a lot of money when we were about 12, and we moved into a very nice house, um, and we got to go on nice holidays, but, um, but he was very strict, so my friends would be like, go out after school, and I wouldn't be, and I would go and uh, I'd just have to go home, or I'd go to study, or 
I'd be babysitting my little brother at the weekend. So um, it's we had all these nice things, but he was like, well, you have to like, we'd be up at seven in the morning on the weekends because we would hoover the stairs and we'd clean the kitchen and my brother would clean the cars. So we all had to... He was no fool, Neil. No. no. I mean, he, he so, yeah. It's a real feature that, I think, of self-made people because yeah. I had Gemma Owen and her dad Michael Owen on this podcast yeah. and they were both, you know, she was saying, well, my dad was like, you know, we were up at 6.37 from childhood. Yeah. She said, so it's not, I'm always shocked when kids lie in and things. And Michael Owen went, it was really getting quite passionate about this thing. Like you've got to teach your kids to get up early and- You've got to do it. Do you like, feel- A hundred percent. Like, well, my kids are so young, they get me up anyway. So like, I'm thrilled if, if I get to lie in till seven, but sometimes Benny and I like, a couple of times a week we'll be like, right, you can stay in bed and he might lie in till eight or half eight. But that would kind of be the latest that we'd ever stay in bed. Vogue, when you were growing up, were you the sort of, the popular girl? You looked like you would have been. Well, when I was younger, I hadn't quite grown into my mouth. Um, <laughs> I've got quite a big mouth. <laughs> it's very true. Do you mean you, literally or Literally, physically? literally I have a huge mouth. No, physically, sorry, physically. Physically, literally as well, I guess. But, um, <laughs> physically, I have a very big mouth, I do. Um, Theodore and Otto also have very big mouths and that's definitely for me. <laughs> so when I was younger, um, I wasn't the most popular, but I was probably in a, a, like a popular group in school, but I wasn't the pop most popular in that group, if you get me. Um, but I've always had really good friends, like really, really good friends. And, my, like I'm super close with my family, my whole family. Um, and were you sort of academic? Did you work? Were you one of those girls that did you copy homework, or did people copy your homework? <laughs> no one was copying my homework. No way. <laughs> I mean, I was I was very good in school. If it had been gradual, like continuous assessment, I would have done well. When it came to exams, I just I didn't really understand how to study properly. I didn't really bother. Um, and I just didn't like doing exams. No one does, I guess, but I just feel like placing everything on one set of exam papers feels a bit outdated. Mm. Even back then it did. Um, and I think that it puts a lot of pressure on young students that you don't really need to, because you should be looking at continuous work. And, uh, well, that's what I'm saying, obviously, because I didn't do too well on exams. <laughs> oh, look at that big one, Vogue. He's gorgeous. Look at the size of that one as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Do you follow Niall Harbison? No, I need oh to. Oh my God, you have to. Oh, I'm going to get involved. He is, like, I only mailed him the other day, a little fangirl mail. He basically, up six, moved to Thailand and now looks after Thai street dogs. I do know who that oh, is. Oh, he's amazing. I I'm going to follow because I do know exactly. I see those videos being shared and they're oh, incredible. It's such feel-good content for everything that's going yeah. on in the world right yeah. now. Sometimes I just, his feed pops up and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see what Tina's up to today. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched this dog who was so close to death's door and now she looks amazing. And you know what? If I could, I think the next time I rescue a dog, I might get one off him. I love following his page. I suppose I can see that you're an extrovert, aren't you? You strike me as quite a sunny-natured up person. I very like much try to be happy. I do. I'm like anyone else, though. I mean, it just depends. I know what... Like, I, I, I used to get quite bad anxiety. I know exactly what my triggers are, what makes me have it. A lot of it is like, a lot of like sad moods or 
feeling awful or not feeling productive always come from when I've had a night out because I drink so rarely. Yeah. When I do drink, it really badly affects me. And I just feel, when he's thank you for money. When he's taking a comfort break. <laughs> <laughs> I say I'm gonna go spend a penny. Oh, do you? Yeah, I think I got that from my mum. Poor Winnie must be constipated. Look, oh God, great. Not great. Come on, Winnie, come on. Yeah, so that's interesting. So you're saying the anxiety, you were talking about anxiety, and, and that is something, because you did a really brilliant documentary about I that, did, which I yeah. saw. And it's, um, it's something that hits you occasionally, but... Not so much anymore. It's very much um, a stress reaction as well. If I've got a lot going on, that's why I'm hyper-organised, I'd say, to annoy, an annoying extent. But for me, like, even things like... I get the kids' clothes ready before I go to bed at night so I know what they're wearing the next day. So the next day we wake up, it's, a, it's kind of mayhem in our house um, between certain times. Um, so being as organized as possible just makes things a lot easier. Um, and I think that not boozing, God, yeah. it makes... I've only drank once this year and I've never felt worse the last two <laughs> weeks. I'm like, this doesn't really work for me. I better hit the vodka again. And you... You did a bit of modelling when you were younger as well. You to, is that what you wanted to be initially? Ah, no, no model, there's modelling and then there's like Irish <laughs> modelling. I, I wouldn't really... <laughs> I don't know if I do. <laughs> when people say model Vogue Williams, I'm like, please take that out. Like, please take it out. <laughs> no, I wasn't like, I wasn't like Naomi Campbell or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? I was basically, if you wanted to sell like a burger or an ice cream or something, I was your woman. A very commercial model. You go up this way. Yeah. Um, but I had such a laugh because, like, you would do shows in Ireland and you'd sit back with the girls all day and we'd just have a very nice time at work. And um, and it was it was fun. So it was kind of the first thing that I got into. But, no, it was never... Um, I enjoyed it. Of yeah. course I enjoyed it. But, like, when I was doing it in Ireland, it, was, it certainly wasn't a career that at that stage that I could just live off that. So I was doing that and I was waitressing. And you know, when you're younger, you're like working in a bar, or you're waitressing and you're doing like little bits on the side. And, and, um, and I was in uni anyway. And then when I left uni, the building industry had collapsed and I had two construction degrees. So my stepdad was kind of like then, okay, I'll let you go and try what you want to do now, which was presenting and everything. And that's kind of how I ended up getting into it. And the construction degrees, that's so interesting that you did those because <laughs> your, was that again, was that from your stepdad, do you think? Had he... I actually wanted to do architecture. I think it's because my brother did it and I thought it would be a great thing to do. It's and again- It's quite glamorous as well. I know, I, see I like the, the idea of it, yeah. And you, I, you turning up with the hard hat it's not what they'd expect. No, and then um, and then I didn't get the points for that because obviously I didn't study and I'm terrible at exams. And then my stepdad was like, right, here's a different route for you. And then I just never bothered changing it because he was like, maybe you should do product design, maybe you should go into fashion. And I kind of knew I didn't want to do any of those things in the long run. So I was like, I'll get my degrees, keep him quiet for a while. And then, like, to be that age and to know what you want to do, like, yeah, I mean, how do people know they want to be a doctor at that age? Well, I suppose what's interesting is that it tends to come from, I'm good at this subject, therefore I'll do yeah. this. But I suppose what a lot of doctors find, you know, there are certain qualities necessary for it. Like, you need to be the kind of person that can completely shut off your emotions. Yeah. If you're a surgeon, for example, and some people 
aren't those kind of people and you don't find that out until you're like seven years into it and you're on the job and you know. I think I am like way too empathetic in a way not saying doctors are unempathetic but like I wouldn't be able to take the pain and suffering of other people I would just I'd be sent over the edge every day I'm terrible <laughs> at it were you quite emotional when you were a kid were you um not that I remember no no I wasn't that much of a whinger not a whinger but I suppose some kids uh, sort of express their feelings quite, you know, quite vocal about that, so they're... No, I wouldn't have been overly like that. I don't think anyone around me was like that either. You know, we kind of have a tough, tough nature in Ireland, I suppose. <laughs> we spend our entire time taking the piss out of each other, so you wouldn't want to get <laughs> offended too easily, or you'd be offended the entire time. Have you got uh, quite a thick skin, do you think? Ah, uh, yeah, I'd say I do. I wouldn't, uh, my husband Spencer has a, a really thick skin and he's very clever about it, particularly in this industry, but it's not just in this industry that I work in, it's, it's, it's everywhere with people, like, people are going to have an opinion of you and you just shouldn't really care about it. Mm. Unless there's somebody that's actually important to you, or if it's necessary for your life, why do you care? And I kind of, I feel like that now, I'm just like, oh well, like I really don't care what, what people think. Because I know, once you know you're not being an awful person, you're, you're not doing anything that's going to hurt anyone else. Like, people will just always have a way of, of thinking. And some people are quite unhappy themselves, and so they just, like, put it on you. Yeah. It's something you have to teach yourself, though, isn't it, I suppose? Because it's yeah. not... It's, as a human being, you're kind of, I suppose, you're wired to react to a, what is a perceived threat. It's like a predator, yeah. isn't it? It's like, oh Well, my look God. at Julia Roberts even though. Like she came out with that and she was hurt by comments on her page and she's, you just wouldn't expect Julia Roberts to give a shit. So after the modeling, because mm -hmm. you've called Irish modeling, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, after the modeling, you then, you're in a kind of a reality show really in Ireland, yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah. That was your first, and that was your first brush with fame. That was my first kind of, um, yeah, into, into TV for sure. I mean, it's one of the most embarrassing shows ever, but it was so funny. And like my sister only mailed me the other day, she's like, why do they keep putting it on the player? And I was like, it's, and she, she was like, can you not tell them they can't do it anywhere? I was like, what kind of contract did you think I got? <laughs> when I first started in TV, they can do whatever they want with that. Um, and it actually, to be honest with you, I just find it really funny. Like, it, it doesn't make me feel embarrassed. It was something I did when I was younger and I really enjoyed it. And, uh, and I certainly don't regret doing it because when I did that, from that then Orchie, the it's like our BBC in Ireland, they offered me more documentaries and I spent a long time doing documentaries and it was kind of the way I made my way into TV. You'll kind of take anything you can get to try and edge your way in because it's a difficult industry to get into. Yeah. And so your career, was sort of starting to take off and you were getting all these offers and then were you in your 20s Vogue when your dad died? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I was about 24. That must have been really tough. I mean, do you know what it was and it wasn't. Like I still feel so sad for him that because he loved life. He was so much crack and like, like whenever it's the summer I'm like oh because he just loved the summer months so much. He like, he just really enjoyed himself and um Sometimes I have dreams, it's the weirdest thing. I have dreams where like, because I, I think that I have, like obviously I have a bit of disposable income and stuff now, and I, I have dreams where like, 
because his house really needed to be done up and I have dreams where I've done up his kitchen for him and I'm so thrilled and then I wake up and I'm like oh god that's terrible <laughs> I know but uh, but you know what I kind of his death wasn't a massive surprise my dad was sick when he wait my dad was uh Winnie my dad was sick from when I was about 12 like he had two heart attacks in two days so like he was kind of sick my whole life um, and he lived fast he loved to drink, he loved a cigarette. He loved to have butter on his chips. He did not like doing any exercise. And so <laughs> he was not living a healthy life. Yeah. But, it, but even so though, even though when you know something might happen, when it actually happens, there's a real finality to it, isn't there? Yeah, it? I think you just feel so, I, I think, like obviously you're in this world of grief, but like you just feel so sorry for that person because it's like, like, he definitely had another 10 years in him. I can tell that you've experienced that, though. I do think people that have experienced loss, and what I mean, I know everyone experiences loss as part of being human, but what I mean is, I call it a life interrupted. It just makes you have quite a few more spidey senses about how other people are feeling. And I was really interested, when I first met you, when we first started this walk, you complimented yeah. my coat. And you said, I really like your coat. And I said, oh, thank you. And you, I think you asked where is it from? And I said, well, it's kind of a weird story. I hope. And you put your hand on my arm and you went, who died? I know, I know. <laughs> I'm so like, but you know, I should be more careful with that because obviously you have come to a point where it's okay for someone to say that, but some people would find that like really upsetting. <laughs> and I'm like, who's dead? <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's something about death that I try and make a joke out of. I don't know what it is. But what I do it with my, uh, with my friend Joanne because her dad's dead too. And we kind of like talk about it as being the dead dad's club. And kind of, I suppose, because it's so sad, you kind of have to try and take anything that could be slightly funny from it, I suppose. No, I think that dark comedy is what, you know, it keeps you going through times like that. And all yeah. those things that made me laugh, like, you know, you do, you end up laughing at really weird moments, but <laughs> I could really tell when you said that, I think what, what occurred to me was that you felt very comfortable navigating a conversation like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, what yeah. you didn't do, the fact that you went straight for it, a lot of people would have been like, Oh, well, I won't go there. I like when people, so when somebody dies, like let's say your, your sister who died, which is like, that's one of my biggest fears. I literally have to go and touch wood now. Where's wood? <laughs> Here's a stick. <laughs> Honestly, because, uh, because it would be one of the worst things that would ever happen, I think. Like, I think that you're in a club on your own. You're not, yeah. I'm not even allowed to discuss my dad around you. <laughs> I think when someone brings up um, someone who has died, I think it's nice because it gives you a chance to remember them. So do I. But yeah, I thought that was interesting about you and it told me a lot about you. <laughs> that you're an empathetic person as well. Yeah, oh for sure. And your career was going brilliantly and you got married quite young. Yeah, though. I got married and divorced quite young. <laughs> I'm a happily divorced. <laughs> happily divorced and remarried. <laughs> Way but, too young. Do you think so looking back? Oh God, yeah. yeah, way too young. But I don't regret any of it. I don't really regret no. much that I've done in my life, to be honest with you, because there's no point. You just end up, oh, you're, oh. If it's not gonna matter in five years time, who cares? Your ex was high profile. Did that bring 
issues with it when you split up? Was that difficult? Um, I think when you split up from anyone, it's difficult. I just, I always, that's my worst for people when they when they break up with somebody, because like. There's nothing you can do for somebody when they've broken up with someone. You just have to ride through it. And you're not going to want to hear, it just takes time, but just <laughs> takes time. And it's like, it's the worst advice when you're like, ah! but that's just, it's just, it's just the way it is. Do you want to go down there? Yeah, let's go there. Wind? Winnie, careful in the right, car. Windsor. Is it Windsor? I thought it was Winston. It's Winston. It's Windsor, it's Winston, it's Winnie, it's Winnie Bots. <laughs> it's Win. <laughs> yeah, so you, that was interesting what you were saying, and I wonder if actually, we'll get on to your, your current marriage, because that's what I want to talk about, but I wonder if, looking back, I wonder if that marriage did have, might have been, you know, getting married young oh, is often a response to, when you've gone through oh grief. Oh God, yeah, it's 100%, it has everything, yeah. everything aligned. I'd come out of a long relationship, my dad died, and then I'd yeah. jet it off. It all aligned. But everything brings you where to, to where you're supposed to be, I think. Um, and where this brought you, so you were doing, take me back though, because it's, it's one of my favorite how we got together stories ever. <laughs> you were filming a show called The Jump. God, for Channel 4, and your career was doing really well at that point. Things I feel like things yeah. have really started to take off for you, haven't things they? Things that done... started, I'd done Bear Grylls, I won it, um, and then I got asked to do the jump, and I'd always wanted to do the jump. And Bear um, Grylls was like, it was a, it, was it Mission Extreme or? Um, oh God, Mission Survive, that's mission what it was survive, called. Mission Survive, yeah. Bertie, stop. Um, I had brought enough makeup to do a smoky <laughs> eye. Like, I honestly was like, I was like, they're not, we're not really in the jungle. Like, they're filming it. They want it to look gorgeous. We're going to be in, like, campsites with, <laughs> with gorgeous lights, and it's going to be stunning. <laughs> no, no. I remember the very last night, we were literally just, like, they didn't even give us a blanket. We were just lying on the ground under leaves. It was desperate, actually. Um, and what was... But it was so much fun. What was Bear like? Bear is a very nice guy. Um, he's very supportive of people as well. Like he's very supportive of uh, Spencer. But like, do you know what? He's 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 a very nice yeah. man, and he's like, I'm not gonna say like he's he's kind of of simple enough needs. Do you know what I mean? He's a very he's a real family man. Um, his wife is lovely, and yeah, he's always been very nice. I, I'm, I'm very fond of him. Bert, so you Bert. won that, yeah. and then you agreed to do the jump. It's now regularly cited as the most insane premise for a show that if, ever existed. If that show came back on Channel 4 <laughs> and they asked me to do it, I would jump in with both feet. It was the most crack. Like, don't get me wrong, of course it was dangerous, but like, Going into it, I knew it was, and I knew there was a huge chance of getting injured, but like, it's a ski show, it was so fun. It was six weeks being away, you're skiing every single day, and learning all these new things, and I loved it, and I met Spenny there. And it's a competition, basically, isn't it? Mm -hmm. We should say it's, you're doing, is it Winter Olympics events in general? Yeah, or is it so what, you're yeah. doing, you're skiing. Did you um, do luge? We did the luge, I loved the luge. It was all a lot of fun. Um, so you signed up for this and then you meet Spencer. But I, when I met him, I was like, I remember being on the phone to my friend after and I was like, he is great crack. Like, we're going to be, we're going to be Did you think he was a him. laugh? Such a laugh. I didn't fancy him, but I thought he was such a laugh. 
And I said to my friend, I oh, will definitely hang out with him. Like he's really good fun. Um, and yeah. And then we kind of just hit it off. And here we are, three kids, two dogs. But you were friends. <laughs> we were friends, but then we were friends that were kissing each other. Then we yeah. were friends that were like, whatever. I think there's and a then, word for that. And, yeah. and the word benefits uh, comes in. <laughs> I wouldn't even say it was that, no. honestly, because it was built on such a huge amount of respect, but yeah. neither of us wanted to be in a relationship. And genuinely, neither of us wanted to be in one. And we just really clicked and got on well together. And then eventually we were like, right, like we just keep coming back to each other. And then, that's when we started uh, dating properly. But think about it, we got to know each other so quickly really well because we spent six weeks together and like, like we were together like all yeah. the time. Like it, it, it's, it's like, it's like spending six months with somebody who you're actually dating because you're like, we were all living in the same hotel. We'd all hang out with each other. We'd all have lunch together. We'd all work together all day. So it was quite full on. Yeah, I'd enjoy spending time with them, I have to say. But I was really enjoying being single at the same time. And people have often said as well, the fact that he was on Made in Chelsea and oh, weren't you worried? And, but I guess it's interesting because I think it was so clearly a performance that, in a way, do you know what I mean? Oh, it was 100% a performance, yeah. but also at the same time, people forget that that's a 20-year-old on TV. Like, what were you doing? I don't want anyone to, I'm so yeah. glad no one knew what I was doing when I was 20. I, I think what is interesting about your relationship is that he said, which I think is really lovely, that he sort of said, oh, well, it was just everything changed because I felt I had an equal and I had someone I was completely on the same level with. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't take any shit off Spencer, but he <laughs> wouldn't take any shit off me either. And I don't think that you, like, I think, res like, respect is such a massive thing in a relationship. And I'm, like, I'm real about honesty and respect and just... Like even the way our lives have changed, like we've changed the people that we hang around with, we've changed the people that we spend a lot of time with because like my best friends are people that I've been friends with since I was 12, people that I can literally trust with anything. And I think that as we've gone on through our life, like there have been people that I would question them. And so like, as soon as something goes in my mind where I'm like, hmm, I'm not quite sure about you, um, if I don't trust somebody, I just don't want to be around them and I don't want to be friends with them. So we've definitely um, made our friendship group a lot smaller, but we've, we've other friends that... Um, you know what you need to do, Vogue? You've got to do the Wagatha Christie. That's the way around it. <laughs> I did consider a Wagatha on a few occasions. But then I thought, it's a bit, bit long-winded, isn't it? Um, I mean, you could just not be friends with them. <laughs> I loved that show, I have to say. It was very interesting. But my God, can you imagine being arsed? <laughs> and you and Spencer got back. It was pretty whirlwind. Yeah, yeah, it was very quick. But we've been together now. It's... God, I always get this wrong. Seven in June. No, I don't know. Six years in March. I don't know. We'll have to work it out. Can we add it in after? <laughs> it's six or seven. <laughs> a long time, though. It's now my longest relationship. He always wanted to get to, to be my longest relationship, but now he is. <laughs> what do you think you sort of brought to him? How do you think you've improved him? I wouldn't say I've improved him. I'd say he's grown up a lot. I'd say he's improved himself. Um, I think that uh, as you get older, your priorities just change and the people that you want surrounding you change and like what you want to do with your life changes and his change just the same as mine changed. Um, and I think uh, 
stopping drinking for him for a period of time, like completely stopping, was really, really helpful to him. And now, like, he would have a drink on a rare occasion, but, like, I wouldn't drink very much either. It's just kind of not on our radar as much as it used to be. And you two really laugh together as well, because you do a podcast yeah. together, which is absolutely brilliant. I love doing the podcast with them. It's interesting, because you've got to this... You were having a really successful career doing as a... as everything, really. You were as a model, presenter, influencer, you've written a book, documentary, yeah. present, all sorts of things, and DJ. Yeah, and I'll do that. Then it feels like you suddenly thought, oh, maybe I'll do a podcast. Kind of and did. Now- it kind of did go like that. Because <laughs> we'd never done a podcast before. Podcasts, podcasting was relatively new then. It wasn't like brand spanking new or anything, but it was for, certainly not on our radar. And somebody was like, would you do one? Because we weren't doing our TV show anymore. And then we were like, yeah, I suppose, why not? And then it was very successful. And that's the reason Joanne and I decided to do our podcast. Which is, and we it, should say, in case you hadn't realised, the incredibly successful, brilliant podcast, My Therapist Ghosted Me, which both presents with Joanne. Yeah, my pal. And that podcast was inspired by, I mean, that did actually happen. Yeah, Joanne's Therapist Ghosted Her. Yep. I can understand it, though. <laughs> we both rant at each other all the time. It's great to have a friend like that where you can literally just rant at them and then like you go through it and it's like thank you for listening goodbye <laughs> and you two started this podcast you were mates were well you, you were and i anyway. had done ours first so ours is spencer and vogue and we had yeah. done ours first and because that had done well global who i do our podcast with we're like right would you like to do if you have any other podcast please do bring it to ours first to us first and then i was talking to joanne and it was during lockdown and um and then we did it together and like I, to be honest i feel really lucky because i get to do Two podcasts that I have such a laugh on. And then I do another one um, with Boots, and uh, and it's really enjoyable. And I think if you're enjoying doing it, the conversation is enjoyable. Um, Joanne and I, because we speak so much in the pod, I try not to really speak to her too much outside of that, because we're saving up loads of stuff. Don't get me wrong, of course we go out and we have drinks and stuff like that, but that would be conversations that wouldn't be had in the pod anyway. But there's a lot of stuff, but we have groups. So I have a group with Joanne and then I have a group with Sven. And, uh, and that's where we send everything in because obviously we've got our editors in there and everything like that. And so we're constantly, I'm constantly sending stuff into those groups and like we'll have a backup of stuff. And there's always something that is so interesting and like, for instance, I was working at the BAFTAs yesterday and I was just thinking, God, this would be great for content. Did you go on your own or did you take Spencer? Because last year he embarrassed you. I know, of course, Benny. What did he do? The embarrassing bit was when he went up to Killian Murphy and I said, don't go up to Killian Murphy. He, he notoriously doesn't want to talk to anybody. And he went up anyway. And actually, do you know what? It was great content because I got to watch from afar. I made sure I hid so I wouldn't be associated with him. What and, did Killian uh, Murphy say? Well, Killian Murphy doesn't really want to. He, I, I don't think he wants to be at those things. He's, he seems to be a super private person in a very unprivate life. And he kind of was just like taken aback as to why Spencer was even talking to him. <laughs> um, but it was very entertaining. No, he wasn't there. I was working. I was working at it this year. So, But he is actually genuinely kind. And yeah. he just, he's interested in people. And he likes hanging out with people. And he likes making new friends. Um, 
And he's oh, just... Oh, I'm getting all emotional now. <laughs> <laughs> but he does. He enjoys that. I'd say he's a bit more open to, to new people than I would be. Not really? saying I'm completely closed off. I'm just a bit more guarded, probably, than he is. I feel like I have a very good gauge of character before he would. <laughs> he's more like, come in and do something to piss me off, and then you're gone. Whereas I'm like, no, you can't come in at all, because I can see what you're up to. Are you a bit like that? I can tell in a person. I know if I'm going to trust somebody very quickly. So what sort of thing would be a red flag for you? Oh, God, if anyone's rude to anyone in my company, I can't bear it. Mm. Um, and there's so many people like that that you meet, and you're just like, can you not see the way you're being to that person? Like, you can't. And it doesn't look good. It doesn't make you look like a, a bigger person. It makes you look like an arsehole. Are um, you quite direct, Vogue? Are you quite a straight shooter? I wouldn't be, I would be direct, but I wouldn't be mean. I would be more along, like I just, if, if there was somebody that like, I just felt like I didn't want to have in my life, I'd just kind of avoid, unless I had to tell them. <laughs> but I wonder if that's as interesting. Would you say that you're the one that would be less frightened of those kind of conversations than Spencer, for example? We've had to have a couple of those conversations <laughs> and I'm just like, I'll take it. <laughs> Because I'm just, I'll just be completely honest. Because if I know that what I'm saying is right and fair, then I'm just like, listen, sorry, but like, no. <laughs> I think it's important not to be nasty though. Like I'd never want to be mean to somebody or, or, or like purposely hurt their feelings or anything. But I think if I'd rather, instead of feeling annoyed at somebody over something, I'd rather just be direct and say, listen, like I'm annoyed about this. Otherwise it will piss you off for so long. And then you just, you'll explode about something. It's even like in a relationship, like I'm like, oh God, Spenny again has not put the bin sensors or something like that. And I'll let it build. And I'm like, okay, do you know what? There's been eight things that you've done and I haven't said anything. And if I just said it over the time, like, come on now, pick it up, then you wouldn't get as annoyed, you know? I want to ask as well, because you've got three kids. Yeah. Are we allowed to name them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. These were Gigi and Otto. I mean, what brilliant names. They're amazing. I did want to call uh, Theodore Frederick because obviously that's my dad's name. But Spenny was like, "Well, then I want to call him Michael." And I was like, "Okay, fine. They can be the they can be the middle names." Where are we going? We walk back this yeah, way. I'll walk towards way. my house. And is and Theodore? Um, he was your first. Theodore is so good. They're actually all very well behaved kids. Um, she, she's pushing her weight around a little bit at the moment. That's <laughs> so, how it should be, though. Yeah. I think that's, that's a sign oh, of raising God, a good family. Like, the girl should be pushing her way around. I know, but I'm uh, Spenny's away now, and he's gone for 10 days, and I, I have to say, it's she has me up every single night. And I kind of am like, right, stop doing that. <laughs> I'm, I'm exhausted from her. But uh, no, she's very good. They're all very good kids. I get the sense, actually, with your kids, that you were quite keen to think, right, I want to do this. And it's, I thought that's a very Vogue Williams way of doing things. It's like, we'll make a plan, we'll do the kids. Oh, why there's so many in a row. God, yeah, I went, we went <laughs> at it quite quick. But I have to say, going from two to three and everyone was like, God, you won't even notice. I found that very difficult. It was very, very, very full on. Like I just, I was like, whoa. Like I even think that like, cause if, if like we haven't fully decided if we're gonna have a fourth or not have a fourth. And, um, but I even think about that. I'm like, I just don't know. Like, I don't know how many more kids parties I can go to. I just don't <laughs> see the time. Like I, we already have to split a lot of it. Um, but I suppose when they get to an age where they're like, like now tease party, some of them are drop off. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
absolutely <laughs> brilliant. See you later. Um, and as they get older, and I, oh, I don't know. It can be full on in the early years for sure. We're kind of out of the out of the tough part now and Otto's in the middle of being potty trained so soon enough nobody will be in nappies that'll be quite <laughs> nice won't it <laughs> and do you find it's interesting what you were saying about the podcast that do you find sometimes you've got a because it's a real privilege getting to work with people you love like yeah, your close mate and your partner but you still have to make sure to also nurture those relationships outside of work in terms of just recognise that, okay, it, there are boundaries there with yeah. work and I think for Spenny and I, though, we try, recently, we've really been trying to just, like, like, we went skiing on our own for three days, and that was brilliant for us. But it was so lovely to go away and just be on our own together, because we hadn't actually done that. Yeah. So to do that, we went away on a work trip when T was quite small, and we were like, oh my God, we need, like, to do this is such a privilege. And it was so lovely to just be together on our own and remember what that was like. Um, and for us, we tried to do, like, like we went to the cinema and we're trying, like, just any kind of small date. We go running once a weekend together. And it's, it's actually lovely to just go running for an You're hour. You're very active as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, have you always been like that? Yeah, I've always been very sporty. Um, I like being outside, I like walking. Lots of my friends are active and it's just kind of easy to do that with each other. Like going a walk with your pal, that's instead of going to the pub, I don't really go to the pub. Well, do you know, often when I do this podcast, people say, oh, I'm knackered or, and I thought, oh, she'll be fine. She'll keep going for hours. <laughs> you are a very calm person, actually. <laughs> Thank you. You are. Not many people say that to me. No, I think you're very, I, said, I guess if you came into my house, you'd find it quite chaotic. I think I can sense you'd be very good in when a crisis. He... Because I've noticed that when he, let's be honest, he's sort of doing <laughs> when he Winnie does sing. what he wants to do, yeah. And you're not panicking. No, because I know, I know Winnie's very easy. I know Winnie wouldn't, like, he wouldn't run away. He's quite relaxed. He's a very good dog. Come if here, I could morph Winnie, if I could get another Winnie, my God. We've got a green man, go oh, Winnie, on, go! The queen! Right, let's cross over, you're gonna go back now. I wasn't saying that to you, Vogue, I was talking to the dogs <laughs> in that voice. Do you use a doggy voice? Well, I do do pretty, like just to try and... <laughs> I'll tell you what I do sometimes. I say, I do that thing which people also do with kids, is if I'm annoyed by something, I'll say, don't worry, Ray, that silly man obviously didn't see you, did he? <laughs> so I talk to Ray, but I'm actually yeah, slamming no, the man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, parents do that with kids. They'll go, yeah. oh dear, daddy seems to be sleeping in. Never yeah. mind, darling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, daddy didn't clean up after dinner again. <laughs> silly Billy daddy. <laughs> silly Billy daddy, <laughs> don't come home. <laughs> I thoroughly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a clever way of doing it. It's really good. I feel like my kids would cop it. They know. <laughs> I'm so happy that your life seems to be going so well, though. Thank you. Feels like you've really... had a nice time. Did you always think I'm going to be doing something? Like, did you always think you'd be famous in some way? It wasn't so much fame. I just always wanted to work in TV and just be doing something. I didn't. I never wanted to be in an office. So even when I was doing the 
my construction degree, I was working on a building site and I, there was obviously an element of office work to it, but I spent a lot of time on the site. Yeah. And like, I like being out and about doing things. I'd find it very hard to sit at a desk all day. So that's why I love this. But I always knew I'd have kids. Is this your local shop? I'm really jealous. This is where I get my delicious pasta, yeah. I don't buy those flowers, they're a rip-off. Look at that, so a bunch of lilies for 20 quid. You get them in Tesco for a tenner. Are you quite like that? And what I mean by quite like well, that? Well, I don't like feeling I'm being ripped off. Yeah. Well, I think those, like, what's the, like, they're gorgeous flowers, but my God, they're expensive. But even though, that's interesting, because even though you've got, you know, earning a decent living now, and I think that's interesting. That I that's think still... it's interesting that people that are so, like, when you look at anyone, even if you're a billionaire, to just, like, never consider, like, what you're buying is mad to me, I suppose. I think people that have been brought up, which both of you have that in common, I would imagine, is that sense of, I suppose, a work ethic and self-discipline. Mm. Even though you both grew up with money. Well, I mean, you do make your own way in the world, but you're also in a very lucky position that, yeah. like, you, 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 you have something to fall back on. I don't know, I think that, yeah, we, we still grew up with privilege. We were very lucky, like, I was lucky that I was went to university and all those kind of things and I think that you have to understand that but at the same time I did have my parents there if something went wrong and not everybody has that. Yeah you had that safety net. Yeah, yeah. I had that safety net and not everybody Are you quite strict? Who's strict to your Spencer? Oh me for definite. Defin Are you strict? Yeah definitely me. Oh yeah. And they've gotten to the point where they'll ask me for something and I'll say no and they'll go to Spencer and I'll hear him say yeah and I'm like no. <laughs> I said no. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm massively strict. I try to have a lot of fun with my kids. Like, I'm gonna go into the mouth, dinner time, bath time. My aura ring when I do bath time picks up an activity. Cause it's so, it's so full on, you're wrecked. Your aura ring. Yeah. I love to oh, walk and I love, do you know what? You're every bit as lovely as I knew you would be. I had, a, <laughs> I had such a good feeling That was a lovely you. chat. Isn't it funny that people have never met and we just went around chatting for an hour and a half. <laughs> I love these dogs as well. They're Although, great. And I'm so, I should say, not that you need anyone to listen, any more people to listen, but Vogue's podcasts are so brilliant. So if you <laughs> haven't do. listened to Spencer Vogue, Spencer please Vogue, do. Yeah. And my therapist ghosted me. And your Boots <laughs> podcast as well. Yeah, to be talks. Yeah. What do you think of Ray, Vogue? Ray's so funny. Ray's his own little man. Ray doesn't need any, like, he doesn't need any other dogs. He's just happy being the king. Bye, Bertie. Bye. Thanks for having me. I really hope you enjoyed that episode of Walking the Dog. We'd love it if you subscribed and do join us next time on Walking the Dog wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>